All right. So next time. No, pay attention to the nuggets that we drop out there in Twitter. That's oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me, actually, you know what? Let me write this down. Oh, yeah. We should fix that last line, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Join us in, I don't know. Join us in the summer. In some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You see that next time? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, say stay tuned. Blah, blah, blah. Join the conversation. Talk to us. Give us ideas. Yeah. Cool. Too many things to keep track of. I know. And I, and I just keep suggesting adding more just, just so I can oh, I know. give myself another headache. All right. Oh, what the? It's what? like your emails, Dan. Oh, no, it did. No, it didn't. Oh. There we go. Wait, there. That should do it. Oh, I'm in editing mode. That's why. Oh, that yeah, yeah. It looked fine. Yeah, because while I was editing it, editing it looked fine. All right. Coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, we get federated, we watch a Mozilla, we've been working nine to five, and we toot on the go with our app. Hey, and welcome to the season one finale of Linux User Space. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. And that's it. Yeah. So, Leo, I hear you've been um, doing a little Git. As little as I possibly can. Git is not native to my brain. So I've been trying my best to figure it out. And the way that I've been doing that is Git T. So I'd, I'd heard about Git a long time ago. I don't know. It's been around for, for a good while. Yeah. But I, I never spent the time to actually set it up. So a few weeks ago, I decided it's time to bite the bullet. I was writing a, a backup script anyway, and I needed a way to, I don't know, remember how dumb I was uh, ah. three versions ago. Yeah, you want some version control. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't version control. It was It was dumb control. <laughs> This way I can I can roll back or roll forward or whatever I needed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was really the whole reason. I could have done this in multiple files, but I figured why torture myself with that when I could torture myself with Git? Yeah, well, it's, it's when you get used to it, it's a much easier way to, um, you know, have some versions, if you will, without saving a whole bunch of files with, you know, Rev one, Rev two, Rev three, and then it just gets out of control, and you're like, "Which one of those did I really want?" Yeah, so you you can kind of get some visual looks at what you were doing. So Git itself is very handy for that. Now I have not yep. messed with Git T at all. I've used GitLab, GitHub, Fabricator. I feel like there's something else I'm missing, but I, I've messed with all of them, but never Git T. So I, I don't know that. Is it is it pretty good? Seem pretty good? It looks like, I mean, and I'm probably getting this wrong because I'm really not that familiar with Git, but it looks like GitHub to me. Okay. The the website that you log into, 
when you go into a repository, you can you know you can do all of the same stuff that you can do. You can download the code. You can, um, I guess, if you have credential, you can make edits to it or whatever you want to do. And the Git facilities, like actually using Git from the command line. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, every GitHub how-to works perfectly for Git T. There's okay. nothing I need to change at all outside of the address to uh, of what I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. So as far as all that goes, I like it a lot because it's mine. Yes, that, that I think is the is my most um, my most favorite feature of all of this. Um, well, it makes total sense. I have a GitLab instance on my NAS. It's an you know I have free NAS or true NAS now, so it runs in a jail. It is GitLab, and I don't put a lot there, but I have some things that I don't want in a public repository someplace. Aha. Uh -huh. And so that's, you know, so that's where I push those. I have like my dot files there and, and things like that. That's a good idea. Actually, this is something that I've been needing to do for a while. I don't do a lot of customization like that, but for the, for the one or two little things that I do do, um, that's a really good way to do that, actually. Uh, I don't know why I didn't think about doing that before. That's a good idea. Yeah, so there's actually a tool for that. It's called uh, yet another dot manager, Yadam. Oh my, I'll never remember because everything is yet another something. Yeah, it, it uses the same Git format, only you put YADM in front of that. And so, you know, okay. and then you can push it to your repository. Yeah, so I, I push some of my dot files there, you know, just to keep my configurations in case everything blew up. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I, I skirt around that requirement by just backing everything up. That's that's pretty much what I do now. And that works too. And then you could pull, you know, depending on your backup scheme, you can pull those out of there. But this gives you yet another place to put, uh, you know, your files. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I seem to plaster them all over the place. But they do say if you don't have it in three places, then it doesn't exist. So I've met that requirement. <laughs> yep. Backups equals backups minus one. Mm. So you got to have your not backup, your actual live stuff then your backup, but that one doesn't count. Right. And then you have another backup. So three places. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So this is, yes, yes, you've given me another project. I think that's probably what I'm going to do next. I need to write a couple of more scripts. So the, the backup script was actually kind of cool, and it was more just for me to see if I could make an interactive script that is not useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, it'll back up your whole home folder. It'll drop it into a TarGZ. Well, actually, you can choose. Uh, what you back it up as, and uh, it works. It actually works. I was very skeptical of my own scripting ability when it came to that, and um, yeah, after about seven thousand revisions, it works. Well, that's how you learn. That's the other thing. You can you can just keep building on it and just keep learning and keep tinkering and make improvements. Yeah, I plan on it. And see, the the whole thing though was you were talking about the revisions, and I totally did that. I was I was like eight files deep. Mm. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, there is a better way. It was invented forever ago. It's called Git. And yeah, so Git doesn't actually know about quite a few of the revisions that I've gone through. That makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> because I go back in there, I go look at those revisions. It's like, yeah, that's not as many as I know that there are. But, you know, if I were to ever show this to anybody, then, you know, they, they would be none the wiser. They wouldn't know. It's fine. It's all good. And if I ever clone it to another, like a public Git repo or something like that, then yeah, no one will ever know. 
all of the things that I have uh, totally blown up in the process of making this work. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a fun project. And I'm going to have to now try Git T myself so that I can, you know, at least compare it to the other tools that I have used. One of the things that I know that Git T does that GitLab does not is it is nice to you as far as resources go. I'm running my Git T instance on a Pi 3. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. And. I, I made a tweet about it. Uh, I tweeted about it. I, I say that wrong all the time. I, I swear I sound like I'm 100 years old and I just figured out what Twitter was yesterday. <laughs> I made a tweet. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so I, I tweeted about this thing a while back and it was using like 250 megs, including the operating system. Oh, wow. So, and, and this is Ubuntu. I'm running it on Ubuntu, running Git in Snap, and it was using maybe 250, 300 megabytes oh, of that's, total memory. That's fantastic. And I, I know GitLab is like, hey, you better carve out a bunch of disk space and like four gigs of RAM, buddy. Yeah, it is heavy. And the other thing about it, it, there's a lot of features that I'm not using. Like you can set up continuous integration and development and all that, you know, runners. And I'm not even, no, I don't need any of that. I just need a place to host my code, you know, for my personal code. Like if I wanted to do some of that stuff. I'd I'd go do it on GitHub or an actual GitLab someplace, um, not not my own instance. Yeah, so so if you do want to do just just basic Git, I think Git T is the answer for you. You can free yeah. up some of that RAM and I don't know, run something else with it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you can run something on the Fediverse. Well, maybe. <laughs> Put that RAM to to good use, right? <laughs> So Leo, we've already been federated a little bit, but we we went we took it another step and now we're federating something else. We're federating the federation fetter fetter something we've, something like we've that. We've joined it. We we're in it. Like we're part of the federation of the federations. Oh man, do we get a free spaceship with that because I feel like we should. I hope so. <laughs> it's coming in the mail. It'll be here. So what we're talking about is Mastodon and um you know, we've joined Mastodon and and now we're we're on that social network, which, you know, Mastodon is an open source social network. And I would compare it to Twitter in itself. Um, like Matrix, it's decentralized, federated platform. You know, you have toots, not tweets. There it is. That's pretty awesome. Everybody loves toots. <laughs> and, and, and you uh... boost the toots. You don't retweet them. So I I that's actually cool. enjoy the boost. The boost is cool. Not <laughs> toot. I'm 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 still trying to make peace with toots. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got to blow your horn. Toot your horn. I don't know. I guess that's what you're doing. Well, it is. It is. I know it's tooting your horn. I know that's what that's about. That's not where your 13 year old brain goes, is it? <laughs> no. Nope. That, no. That's of course cool. not. <laughs> so just to recap, though, uh, a federation example that we used before was email. And the same thing applies here. You have instances that will join up into the federation and they can then get other toots from other instances and then everybody can subscribe. For instance, I'm on c.im. Dan, you're on... Mastodon.technology. Yet we can both toot each other yep (laughs) and send send messages we can both boost the same things they all show up in our own local thingamajigs but yet we're on two separate and i i 
I don't think I've made peace with the word instance. I know what it uh, means, but yeah. I just, I don't like it. Like it's the it's, thing that plugs you into the Fediverse, but I don't know if it, uh, I don't know. I just don't like the word for some reason. It's, it's your own little island, I guess. I guess that, maybe that's yeah. the way to look at it. It's like a little island and, you know, you got these little bridges that sometimes connect you and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Some of them are connected, not, not bridges in the sense like, uh, like matrix, not those bridges, but like, I don't know, just little connecting pieces connect all your islands. In the example, there's an island and a physical bridge, and that's how you get back and forth. But it's not, yeah, it's not the same as the Matrix bridge, which would right. take, um, I guess, you, actually, there was, I just noticed, I just realized there was an iMessage bridge yeah. to Matrix. Yeah, So that? you can take your, yeah, your Apple encrypted messages and send them to Matrix and back. That's pretty cool. Which I guess it would be encrypted both ways, but it would... I don't know how that works. That's, that's I don't just know. more questions. I'm going to have to figure that out. So back to Mastodon. It's, like I said, like Twitter, you know, little mini micro blog type posts. The The posts are bigger than Twitter. Twitter, you have what, like a 300 character limit. This is like 500 characters or something. 140. And let me tell you oh, something about that. A apparently it is up to the server to decide it how is. big that is. So, okay. Now, this is this is very curious to me, and I don't know how this is going to work. I should have tweeted you, tooted, tooted you, <laughs> a 5,000-character toot. I should have, because C.im will allow me to do that. Holy cow. That's a novella. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I seriously could. We could just do the whole show notes in, in toots back and forth, right? Oof. So- if if I sent you a 5,000 character toot, would you get it all in one toot or would it break it up? I'm not sure. I would imagine it'd break it up into like 10 toots, but I don't know. Right. Okay. So we got, I, I got some homework we'll to some, do. Yeah. We'll have to test uh, some of that. Yeah. So yeah. So Mastodon itself is not that old. It's, it's only about five years old and the founder is, help me here, Leo. I, I'm going to say you know what? Eugene. Eugene? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Eugene. I think Eugene. Eugene Rocco. I like it. Yeah, I think so. I'll put that in the show notes. I think that's how you say that. It's close, though, I do believe. And he he was inspired by Identica, um, which is like, oh. yeah, like way back, right? Throw up the way back mm -hmm. machine. Was on there with his friends, and he, he wanted to make a federated revamp of Identica. Because, you know, he was just didn't didn't care for the way it worked, I guess. And he didn't want to keep switching between different apps and different services to follow the friends. You know, where 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 are my friends today? You know, wasn't this the entire thing we were trying to solve with Matrix? And then when we got into Matrix, it was like, oh, guess what? There's 12 more apps to get. <laughs> exactly. And half your friends are there and half your friends are here. Yeah. But like Matrix, when you think about it, right, if you want to join an IRC channel, you can. If you wanted to join somebody over on Gitter, you can do that too. And so I guess that was the sort of thing I think that, you know, was inspired him. We, we wanted one platform so that he didn't have to keep chasing everybody around on the thing that they're on today. And Right. And I get that. That is kind of frustrating in in some sense you know today you're on facebook tomorrow you're on twitter then you're on diaspora and then i don't know i mean whatever 
it, it's tough to keep up. And so having one decentralized thing that could connect to these other applications and services makes a lot of sense. Yep. And I think we're going to get into that when we talk about the apps a little bit. I, I'm not cool enough to have it. But um, yeah, Dan's got all the things. And I'm starting to think I want all the things too. So I guess we'll see where that goes. But that that's the idea, right? Just tie it all together. You get all the things. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, it seems pretty cool. Vi so visually, the Mastodon, you know, desktop web page looks very similar to the same way it did in the early days. Like I've seen a couple of screenshots and I'll try to get some in the show notes. It doesn't look all that much different. But under the hood, a lot has changed. And it's just a web page, but there is a lot under the hood. There's some pretty heavy duty database things going on and, and stuff like that. So the thing that ties all of this together is ActivityPub. Mm -hmm. So ActivityPub is the standardized open protocol that is used to implement the federation for all of this. So the Fediverse, or Federated Universe, encompasses all the websites that can communicate over ActivityPub. Other than Mastodon, we got some examples. Uh, Pleroma? Before the show, we were going through each and every one of these and was like, okay, so what is its commercial analog? and of course, we had to get the hardest one. The other ones on this list, we kind of have a really good, yeah, yeah. that's what this is. But Pleroma looks identical to Mastodon. It's similar, really similar. Yeah, like it it, it had the same, uh, I don't know, I, I guess it was basically the same look and feel of Twitter. And that's yep. what Mastodon was, I feel like that's what Mastodon's going after. I, um, I think so, so too, Microblogging. Yeah. Yep, microblogging. But with C.im, they give you five thousand characters, so that's not so micro anymore. No, that is not micro. I guess, I guess, still micro technically. So then, the next one up in the list is PixelFed, and PixelFed is a federated image sharing platform. And this is the one I said looked like Instagram, right? Instagram, maybe, or even there's some other ones too. I'm trying to think. Um, Hold on, uh, we we can start another fight. I M G U R. Do you know that website? Uh, yeah, Imager. Im okay, imager. That's what I'm gonna call J it. Imager. It's a it's a j. Just okay. Just throwing well, that out there. Just oh, maybe. Anyway, it could be wrong. <laughs> that's that's really kind of the feel that Pixel Fed gives you. You throw an image out there, and you know people can comment on it, like it, do sharing of it, and all that kind of yeah. Fun stuff. I do so, think it's like imager. I think that's 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 probably the best closest thing in in the commercial world that that yeah. pairs up to it. Cool. So next up is MissKey. And that's a microblogging customizable dashboard, but it kind of looked like a, I don't know, a Twitch sort of. That was the one that was like Twitch, right? So, yeah, we, we were looking at this and it's got streaming keys and the API to send video and all of this fun stuff. So I don't know if it's just not implemented or very well documented, but it looks like you can stream to this thing. There, there weren't a whole lot of people on it. Uh, no. What did we say? Like 10,000 total? Yeah, it was small and, number, small number. Yeah, and it was in the double digits of how many people were online at the time. Yep. But it looked like that was kind of the aim of it, where, you know, you of course you get your microblog like every other service out there, but the streaming thing just seemed to me to be uh, kind of the thing that, you know, it didn't even really seem like they were really advertising it that way. So maybe it's just not 
functional. Well, I will say that not all of my screen was in English. So, you know, (laughs) translating some of that foreign language and and it's not even like German or something I could probably fake by looking at. This was more like Japanese or some Oriental character thing to it. Yes. Yeah. I can't fake that. We we could probably put it in Google Translate. We could probably figure it out. Probably could if it was like plain text, but it was almost like a, it was a graphic with, with that wasn't text, and you couldn't, you know, cut and paste that into the Translate thing. Yeah, surely Google has an app for that, right? Somebody must. But that's what it looked like. It looked like uh, something that you can blog on, but the streaming aspect of it was really what caught my eye, and I really, um, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I wonder if it's like a Vine Vine replacement or something like that, right? That might be what it is. You know, and, and my first thought was um, Periscope. Okay. That was the idea, right? I mean, Periscope was all about live video, and underneath that would be everybody doing the comments and all that kind of stuff. I mean, very much what, what Twitch had turned out to be, but Miskey looked like the look and feel of Periscope, you know, back when, I guess, right around the time that streaming really started to take off. That's what Miss Key was about. So maybe Miss Key's the the better comparison is Periscope, not necessarily Twitch. Okay. Yeah. But if yeah. somebody knows, please let us know because we sure don't. Yeah. What's the activity <laughs> Twitch activity pub? What's what's the activity pub Twitch? That's what I want to know. So PeerTube is kind of close, right? But PeerTube is a video sharing platform, and that is very much like YouTube replacement. You yeah. probably it's a in lot the of people, name. Yeah, a lot of people have heard of PeerTube, I do believe. Yeah, so if you know what YouTube is, you know what PeerTube is. That's the idea. And then the last one is Plume. And Plume is long-form articles or, you know, kind of, I guess we equated it to Medium. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably pretty accurate, you know, news articles or things like that, but in a long form, not your little... Tweet or toot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is this is where you would go to write all of your uh, release notes ah, for any particular release of a distro or something like that. I guess you could use p- Plume in that way. Yeah, I guess you could. I don't know. Never really thought of that. Well, I figure most of the distros have their own website to do their own blog on. Yeah. But if you need one, That's yeah, true. Plume would, I guess it would be a nice stand-in. So one of the cool things with joining... You know, getting on Mastodon in particular, is there, I'll call them security features. I don't really know if they're security features, but kind of cool. You can block, you know, stuff that's not safe for work or spoilers or trigger warnings, things like that. And you can kind of hide those from your feed, kind of, you know, blur, it blurs them out is what it does. And so if you wanted to see it, like, you know, you want to see that spoiler, you could, you could click on it and see it. But if you didn't want to, it can hide that from your view. So it's a bit of a safety thing, more more safety than a security thing. Yeah, I, I think in, in my app, it was it was exactly that way. Um, as you scroll through, you'll see these fully blurred out images and it'll say, you know, it'll it'll be tagged with whatever it is. So NSFW, spoilers, whatever. Right. And if you want to see that thing, just tap on it. Done. That's That's all there really is to it. And I know that you can go into the settings and say, you know, don't even blur that out. I just, I want to see it, whatever. Um, I know you can do that, but it seems like by default, that stuff is blocked by, or well, blurred by default. Yeah. Blurred by default. Yeah. That is the default. And the other 
thing is, yeah, so there's just, it's kind of a safety catch. Just in case. Hey, if you like living on the edge, I mean, you can always go turn it off. But uh, yeah, there's yeah, probably default, a way. Safety first. Yeah, it's good. I'm liking that. So that's about it in a nutshell. You have these little instances. They all join up into the Fediverse. They're they're joined with Activity Pub, and um, you get to join on to these other services in in the same app, or at least in my app, I can. Um, I can I can see all the PeerTube and Pixel Fed stuff and. That's kind of nice. Yeah. So I guess that kind of, it makes me think, it's got all the things, Activity Pub, it seems to anyway. And then if you add Matrix into the mix, uh, because it's not on Activity Pub, but if you add that onto the mix, you get an encrypted chat platform. <laughs> what does it take to get regular folks onto something like this? Well, like we mentioned, I think discovery is a bit of a trick. Most of these things are word of mouth, and and that's yeah. that's actually encouraged is word of mouth, and it does make it grow, but I think it only makes it grow to a certain point, right? Mm-hmm. You know, commercialization puts those things out in the forefront. Like you see, companies like Twitter that were you know they 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 were streaming Thursday night football. Remember remember that they did that, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and things like that just put it right in the limelight. Like everybody's grasping right a hold of those things. I mean, you're never going to yeah. see any of these other federated things that are not commercial jump onto something like that. Well, NBC would never license anything to you if that was the case. So yeah, <laughs> even if they wanted to jump on something like that, I don't think they could. No, that's a I lot mean, of money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to take, it's going to take big companies investing in it. It's going to mm-hmm. take, advertisement that activity pub type applications would not really be doing for themselves not for lack of trying necessarily but just simply for lack of funding i don't think anybody has that's working on these projects anybody has enough money to throw down a yeah. um a bunch of cash to put a commercial during the super bowl or during the world cup or something like that um and then you got to worry about you know where is that commercial going to go and how far will this money take us and things like that so Traditional advertising is just out of the picture for right. something like this. Right. Yeah. So you're kind of stuck with the word of the mouth sort of thing or, uh, and, and like I said, that only takes you so far. It doesn't take you, you know, a, as far as something, you know, getting, getting on TV is kind of the secret with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just where it's at. You see, you see other advertisements for other things. So, yeah. So do you think activity pub, and well, I, I guess not necessarily just Activity Pub, but these services, Pleroma and PixelFed and Mastodon and Matrix, would you compare them to Linux as far as the adoption problem goes? Yeah, I think there's similar struggles it, it, there. You might have a, a better thing, um, but it, like it's not as discovered. So people don't necessarily jump on that. But at the same time, you do see people get upset with Twitter and all of the toxic, you know, mm-hmm. feeds, that, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. this, you know, political toxic stuff. And so they're looking for another platform to go to. Mastodon might be it. There are people that do migrate that direction. And then you yeah. can sort of pick your own. You know, it's like starting over, I guess. It's not it's it's not even so much that you change platforms. It's that you you're starting over. So 
you're building your network again. Yeah. I always thought that was kind of a weird argument because on Twitter, I can follow who I want yeah. and only pay attention to those particular people. And if they start retweeting or liking a bunch of stuff that I don't necessarily want to see, I can just block those sources. I mean, I, I get if I'm following a thousand people and they're all re retweeting a bunch of junk that you would never get to the bottom of that. But I don't know. I don't follow that many people, though. Yeah. Well, the AI still is pushing some of those things that are more popular. That yeah, that's true. You know, that's it, true. It, it pushes those to the top. So you see them. Whereas you don't get that on these other platforms like Mastodon. Mastodon just gives you the chronological. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see and that. And for a lot of people, that's nice. I like that. I'd rather have it. Just just feed it to me in the way it comes in. I don't need you yeah. sorting it for me in the background because I may, I'm capable of doing that myself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> are you, though? I think Twitter's pretty smart, Dan. Yeah, they, they might, are. They might have it all figured out. And oh, you just I'm, need to listen to Twitter and do what Twitter tells you to do, okay? I'm sure they do. I've watched The Social <laughs> Dilemma, so I know how it works. <laughs> oh, that movie will change your life, man. Mm. Well, I don't know. If you care about privacy at all, that movie will change the way you think about all of this stuff. And I I think that's that's why that's why, that's I'm why where I'm at. Well, and that's why these <laughs> things exist is because people like us have watched those things and, yeah. you know, we, we want to move away from that. So that is the appeal, yeah. I, I think. I think that's the best best deal that you can get out of this is you can you can ditch that AI trying to feed you the information that you think you want to know or it thinks you want to yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> no, it knows you want to know. It, it knows, knows me you. better than I know me. That's for sure. Yeah, that, that's a scary thing, right? Mm -hmm. They know exactly how to sell you something to get the most money extracted out of you. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get that with Mastodon, and I I, I do appreciate that. Um, though I don't know if I would, because I, I do Mastodon mostly on um, a browser that has uBlock Origin on it. Even if they tried to advertise to me, I don't know that it would work that well. I think it still rearranges your the tweets that you see and stuff, now, though. It, it does do that. So yeah, it, They will definitely do that. You can't stop that. That is the algorithm. Yep. I hate that word, too. Ah, but it totally is. It's, it's a bunch of instructions that a bunch of humans put together to sell you stuff really good, and then they gave it off to a machine for it to try to refine that, and it's done a pretty good job. Yeah, so even if you're not seeing advertisements, you're seeing it in a, in a different fashion than yeah than the way it came across. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if we can figure out how to promote and get activity pub things popular, whatever that is, whatever that solution is, that potion, that elixir, you pour that on top of Linux, and I imagine it would work as well. Because these are both answers, I guess they're the, the counterculture answers to the status quo, right? Exactly. So a lot of yeah. people gravitate to Linux because you can customize things and make them a little more secure and you know you can you can do a lot more with it underneath and you can just use it if you want, but you can also yeah. do some other things with it whereas you can't do that with Windows or Mac OS. Yep. Yeah. And you know honestly, the very first time that I dove into Linux, the the reason, the catalyst was it wasn't Windows. It wasn't complex. Yeah. Like the, my, my answer, my reasoning was not complex. It wasn't anything to do with, you know, I don't like how my data is being used. I don't like none of this. I mean, but also it was, I think, before a lot of that came to the forefront, before people were really right. thinking about that. Yeah, same. But my, my, it, it was so simple. It just wasn't that. 
Yeah. Linux was something else. And I'm like, yep, I want that. Give me that. Yeah, same here. I I, I was like, ooh, that's different. I want to learn. I, I want to know what that does. I want to know why yeah. and, and how and all of those things. And that was my draw initially. You know, and that and like, oh, wow, look, I can customize this. I can make, you know, these icons different. I can, custom, you know, different colors over here, whatever. Uh, and like, yeah. you couldn't do those things. You know, you had white background, you know, windows. Then it's like, Ugh. so once you could change those things, you know, without getting a third party software, I, you, you, you could change it. Right. I do remember before... I think Windows 98, maybe Windows 2000 was the last time they did it, but Microsoft would sell you theming yeah. in the plus package, whatever that was. It was like Windows 95 plus. Yep. And it was like 20 or 30 bucks, but you got themes. My favorite theme, If I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast ever played on uh, Windows 95, but if you did and you remember plus, do you remember that one theme that was like a mystery theme? And so when you clicked on something, it wasn't a little hourglass. It was feet, like oh, um, nice. like you would see in a mystery novel, right? And it would go, they would go back and forth. And whenever you <laughs> would uh, open stuff up, it was like a creaky door opening up. So you can customize Windows a little bit, but I mean, Linux just opened up the blast doors, and yeah. you could do whatever you want, wherever you want. I mean, Plus held nothing up to the customizability, even back then, to Linux. So yeah, yeah, Linux is nice. Exactly. And that was the big draw for me. It was like, I wanted to learn the different thing. Always always was seeking out, you know, whatever is different just to learn it. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've tried a lot of different things. OS2 Warp, I, I remember trying that. Oh, yeah. I, I never got a chance to play a lot with Warp. Yeah. A anything that would run on a x86, I probably tried it at least once. Nice. So... Mozilla Watch. Yeah. It's time. Dun, dun, dun. It's time to talk about Mozilla. Because that's what we do. We just we just do it, right? I don't know if it I don't know if it rustles your jimmies or not. <laughs> but Firefox and well Mozilla in general is making waves again. And in mid-March, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll say mid-March because this podcast comes out when it comes out. And yeah. um they were at the forefront of the net neutrality conversation again. So a few years ago, net neutrality rules were stripped away. And this is Mozilla sitting down and saying, we need those back. So the basic idea for net neutrality is that it's like water. So think about the water utility, right? Yep. Whether that's the city or some private entity, if they're giving you water, they don't check off a list of approved things that you can do with that water, right? Okay. It comes out of the tap, you fill whatever you want to fill up with it, and you pay for the usage. That's the idea. So net neutrality is the idea that you want to treat the internet that way too. D data is like water. You turn on the tap for your data and you get your data. The, the data company, or in this case ISPs, should not care what the data is. The ISP should be relegated to a dumb pipe. That's it. I they get it. Flow your data and that's all. It makes sense. So if I want to go sprinkle, you know, water on my lawn in the middle of the summer during the drought, it doesn't matter. Eee. I'm pay I'm paying for <laughs> the mean, water. Like you just keep sending it. 
<laughs> Technically, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, that that is the ultimate idea. Now, the the comparison really diverges because water is a finite resource. Sure. And data, I, I won't say it's an infinite resource, but it's it's not finite. I mean, these the we'll the never ISPs reach the end to, of it. Yeah, I get it. Right. Right. The, these these pipes, while they can only give you so much at a time, they're they're not finite in, in the way that we would think that a lake is finite. Right. So in I think it was 2017 or 2018, a lot of those net neutrality rules were rolled back, which basically means that if uh, the ISP, let's say AT&T wants to promote its own Uverse or whatever oh, their yeah. cable package is, whatever it has a deal with Uverse, AT and T is going to give you that at full throttle. They're not going to. Uh, they're basically going to apply net neutrality rules to whatever they feel like. And gotcha. if that is Netflix, if Netflix paid AT and T a, a few million bucks, then AT and T is going to be like, hey, yeah, you can watch 4K uncompressed, <laughs> whatever. But if Netflix didn't make that deal. Then AT&T is going to be like, ah, 720p for you. Yeah. So this is what Mozilla is fighting against. Gotcha. Where AT&T should not be able to say, you get 720p, you get 480p, you get 1080p. It doesn't matter. It's a dumb pipe. Be a dumb pipe. That's what ISP should be. So I am excited about the prospect of net neutrality rules coming back. And this is what Mozilla is fighting for. So I'm happy about this. I hope it happens. Yeah. I don't know if it will. I, I, I don't know either. I, and, and I don't know. It seems like it's right up Mozilla's alley, I guess. They've got a couple other initiatives that are right along the same way. So they're trying to make the internet better place. And uh, yeah, it seems to make sense. Yeah, definitely. And then there's there's this whole in the U.S. There's this whole title too. And by the way, net neutrality is a, a U.S. thing. I think a lot of countries. I, actually, you know what? I don't know how other countries handle data. I would hope that they would follow the same idea that it's a dumb pipe. If I want to block something, I can block something. If I want to throttle something, I can throttle something. But that shouldn't be in the hands of the ISP to decide um, what's going on. Now, I do tend to agree. That ISPs are okay to like block port 443 or um, what is it, 25 for SMTP? Yeah. You know, for spam and things like that. I, I get that. That's why you buy, you know, a droplet to go right. host your own thing on or whatever. And that's not necessarily a home thing either. Rolling your own email, not really a thing for most home folks either. And you can buy a business package for that and all that. But um, yeah, I, I guess I could be uh, brought over to the middle ground somewhere in that. That's more of a safety thing, though. Exactly. So that, I hope I hope everybody gets that. That's a fantastic thing. Just internet should just be the internet. But Firefox got some other stuff as mm -hmm. well. Uh, so Firefox 87, which should have already hit your update managers by now. Firefox is trimming HTTP referrers by default. Yeah, the other thing that that Firefox is noted for is security, right? And they're you know they're looking they're blocking super cookies and stuff yes. like that, right? And so I'll keep doing it. This is similar. I don't know if you've been to a like discourse page and you mm -hmm. wanted to send a link to someone, like it puts a little refer thing on uh, on the tail end of that. 
Right. Like it says like, you know, I sent that to Leo. And so in order to protect the privacy, Firefox is going to start, you know, rewriting and trimming those things off the tail end so that it doesn't know where it came from. And I think this is a great feature personally, yep. because there's a lot of those, those sites that, that have a whole bunch of, you know, it looks like garbly gook at the end, but like in reality, it's a fingerprint of sorts. Yep. If you've ever gone to Amazon and you look something up mm, and you're like, that's hey, a good one. we should get this. And you send them the link oh that, that, that you had in Amazon. Yeah. That thing's like a page long. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you actually look at the link, you'll see the little question mark and you'll see ref and then all of it is basically a token at the at the very end or a fingerprint at the very end identifying you, how you got there, whether or not you searched for it, whether it was a direct link. All this information is packed into the URL. And this is what Firefox is trimming off. Yep. So everybody gets to the same place. The link mm -hmm. doesn't change. You're looking at the same, I don't know, box of kitty litter, whatever it is you're looking up. But it doesn't have all that junk at the end yeah and that is a win for privacy yeah, i because love that stuff. those things totally tie it back to you so if i sent you a link like that from amazon amazon now knows that i sent you that link and you're interested in that too and now it's going to start sending me stuff that you're interested in you know like it's it's back to that ai you know algorithm thing and if we can avoid that that'd be great and I think, uh, you know, trimming that off at the end, that's that's a fantastic move. I agree. So I feel like this Mozilla Watch has been a fairly good one. Uh, uh, this is this is all good stuff. These are great things. So if you've been thinking about Firefox, you've been on the edge. Ah, this is this is I some see what you did extra there. ammo. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, that was that was it. That was it. So maybe maybe come over to the uh, to the fireside. <gasps> yeah. I, I just I just keep coming up with a man. I just keep coming out. I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing we've been up to, or that I've been up to, I couldn't convince Dan to do it. His LXQT is just too near oh, and dear to his heart. Right here. Was uh, GNOME 40. And I don't blame him because it's not like there's a whole lot of choices as to where you can get GNOME 40 right now anyway so there what is there there's a uh, gnome spin that you're supposed to use in a vm that i think is supposed yeah. to work now on bare metal as well i oh, forget I what that's that. called there is uh fedora beta but yep. you've got to be on a beta of fedora and when that released if i'm not mistaken gnome 40 was still in release candidate status so it wasn't fully baked either i think by the time of this recording though i think it might have finally landed the yes. official one might have finally landed into the beta of, of yes. Fedora. So I, I know uh, Dan and I were looking for it. Uh, so a week ago, we were, I guess, by the time you hear this, two weeks ago, uh, we were looking for um, where GNOME 40 was. And so it looked like uh, Fedora 34 was going to come out with GNOME 40. So that, of course, I'm a Fedora guy. I mean, as far as if, if I were to ever leave the Debians, it would straight to Fedora. No, no question. So Fedora is always on my mind. I saw GNOME 40 coming out. And so I'm like, so there's a beta, right? Hmm. And there was. There actually was a beta. We knew it existed, but Dan and I were looking and looking and looking, and it was horrible to try yeah. to find a link to this. And I think eventually we did. Uh, both of us ended up finding a link. Well, we were like, 
12 hours too early or something like that because like the <laughs> next the like the next day there's an announcement grab it here fedoramagazine.org thanks we were, yeah. we were just a few hours too early but uh so i had the 24 i don't know the hours old version <laughs> of it I, I don't know if there was any difference between that one and what fedora magazine posted but probably not Either way, I got it installed. For some reason, my laptop just didn't like it on Ventoy, so I put it on. Uh, I put it on a regular flash drive, like an animal. Oh man! And <laughs> got it fired up. But I gotta say, GNOME Forty. There are a few good points about it, but let me be blunt right at the very beginning. Three dot thirty eight to forty feels like it would be such a huge, titanic, <laughs> monstrous move. It's not. It's it's gnome. It would be what gnome three dot forty would be. They just changed the numbering scheme, right. and I know this is me reading into it. This is they never said any of this, but it's the feeling I get when I see big numbers like that. I guess. Nah, I guess. So it's a normal release. Don't expect anything else out of this. I don't know. What about those horizontal workspaces and stuff, though? So that's some stuff that I think I really kind of got used to. I. You know, workspaces have always been horizontal to me. Okay. They've always been that way. When I log into Plasma or when I log into Mate or any of these other distros, isn't it Control-Alt-Right and Control-Alt-Left that will get you? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, so I mean, they've always, at least in my mind, they've always been horizontal. So when Gnome gave the vertical thing, and you know, I get it, like it was um, when, when you hit the start, ooh, not the start button, the super key. Yeah. Uh, when you hit that key, um, they were vertical uh, mm-hmm. in yep. in the activities. Yes, the overview, thing. the activities overview. Right. Uh, so honestly, I feel like horizontal should have been where they started from the beginning. Um, and so the change was, I think it was unneeded pain okay. that you got people used to vertical and now you kind mm-hmm. of, you swapped them back to horizontal, but maybe that's just a, my brain thing. But I enjoyed the horizontal workspaces mostly because, and I've heard plenty of people say, uh, I don't like the horizontal workspaces because, and right, I'm not them. I don't have eight monitors. Right. I don't do anything special. This is run fully on a laptop the whole entire time. Um, I did hook it up to an external monitor a couple times, but it wasn't in a, um, you know, left monitor, right monitor kind of situation. It was, I just want it to be bigger. Oh, so yeah. plug okay. it in, mirror, I'm, I'm good. That's, that's all I need. So I'm, I'm certainly not that use case that would, that would find a lot of issues with, uh, with horizontal workspaces like that. But yeah, so I have I two it. monitors and, you know, they're one on each side. And so, yeah, they're, they're horizontal and, I don't know. My mind Malone, uh, if, if you were to try to do, you know, workspace switching on the horizontal for me, because they go vertical on, in my desktop. I see. So would it, would it work? So, so imagine with me for a minute. Would it work if the left monitor was workspace one and the right monitor was workspace two? And when you swiped over, it's now three on the left and four on the right. Yeah, and I guess that could work too, as long as you did a clean sweep and, and right. moved right over. I guess you could do right. it that way. Okay, so I, I don't know if that's a solution to anybody because, like I said, I'm not I'm not this use case. This is me just spitballing, but yeah, for, I feel like that would work if, sure. if I were doing two monitors. And for just, me, switching workspaces though, I just use the little scroll wheel right in the empty empty spot on my, on my desktop. And that'll that'll ah uh, yeah yeah that'll flip a workspace. Yeah, on uh, on my main Mint desktop, I have a hot corner. 
Oh, to that where it works just too. displays all the workspaces and I go to the one I want. So left and right and up and down mean nothing to me. That's a good I point. I have no idea. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh yeah, this is where all my audio stuff is. You know, show me the workspaces, that one. Cool. So yeah, I, I'm just not the guy to do review of workspaces. <laughs> I do them differently, I guess. No. Um, the The other thing is the three finger stuff. Mm-hmm. I I have learned a lot that three finger stuff does not work in uh, in X. Okay, that is huge. I went to X because uh, I use uh, OBS and mm, Peak, yeah. and for some reason Wayland's still having trouble with that. I, I don't think it's a just me thing, but uh, OBS gives me some like weird. If you can think of like an echo of an image, like a little ghosting or something. Basically, yeah. yeah. When Windows, like a window in Windows, would freeze yeah. up, and you could like drag it everywhere, and it yeah. would leave a tr- that. OBS did that. Okay. And when I went to X, it didn't do that. Mm. So, yeah, that that seems to me that Wayland still has a little bit ways, a uh, little bit way to go, uh, to get all the screen recording and and stuff like that done. But that I think was really the only thing that I ran into Wayland wise that uh, that I didn't like. But I did run into. An old friend of mine, purple. Now, I like purple. My headphones are purple. There's a lot of things in my life that are purple. What doesn't need to be purple are links that I did not click. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one. Uh, I tweeted about this too. I mean, this is a longstanding issue. I think it is an uh, it is an Intel, uh, a Mesa thing. It's a Mesa thing because it happens on both my AMD graphics card and an Intel-only stack. But I did find out something else. It's Wayland. Uh, I'm sorry. It's X only. Okay. So when I when I go to Wayland, colors are perfect. Hmm. When I go to X, anything in Chromium just gets a little bit of red added to it. So if if you're looking at a pure blue, that blue looks purple hmm. in Chromium, and that is annoying because you go to like the Fedora Reddit or the Fedora Magazine website, everything is supposed to be blue, right? Yeah, I would think no, so. It's purple. No, oh no, geez. Not not in these chromiums on X on Mesa. Wow. I know it's it's a very specific case, I guess. And I know Paul in Matrix, uh, in our Matrix channel, was helping me out with that. He helped me find a launchpad bug report uh pertaining to uh to Ubuntu that said that most desktops or or X would default to 15-bit color, 16-bit color, and that might be the reason. But I went through every single, everything that I could find um, to to make that work, but I just, I couldn't get it to work. But that's not a Fedora problem. Uh, it's an X on Mesa problem. So it, it transcends Fedora. So it's not a Fedora or a GNOME issue, just... It reared its ugly head again, and it reminded me how much I dislike that. But yeah. Wayland fixes that. So once Wayland gets and it's OBS, getting, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. Like so close. I'm ready for it. I I am so ready for Wayland to be the only display manager or not display manager. What do you call uh, display server? Yeah. Yeah. That when Wayland is the only one I have to care about. Yeah. I'll be so happy. I think it, we it all will. will. Yeah. Oh, it'll it'll just. Oh, it'll be so good. So the the other thing, the last thing about GNOME 40, I think that I really enjoyed was um, was the three finger stuff. We kind of touched on it a little bit with the workspaces. Um, so swiping left and right using three fingers on a trackpad is beautiful. I love it. Um, 
I'm not a very big workspace person in general. I don't use them day to day. I use them when there's like a million things going on and I'm trying to not distract myself. Um, but just having that really kind of introduces the idea that maybe you should use them more often. You know, the, the full screening of things is way easier to deal with when yeah. you can just easy whoop, whoop. Well, and, just, and that and makes sense. If, if you make it easy to use and, and you yeah. put it right there, you know, where you don't have to hunt around for things. Um, yeah, that, I think it'll get more use, right? I think that's a good, yeah. I think that's a good call. Everything, yeah. The easier it is, the easier it is to to hop on it and use it day to day. And the the other thing is the so swiping left and right will move your mm-hmm. workspaces. Swiping up three fingers once will get you the equivalent of pushing the uh, super key, okay. which is the so activity overview. overview. Nice, and that's fantastic because you can get easily to your workspaces, um, and you can launch some of your favorite apps. So the the little. Uh, right. I don't know, launcher bar thing. Yeah, yep. that shows up. Uh, and if you do it again while you're in the activity overview, you get all your apps. Okay. So I'm mostly okay with all of this, but they moved the bar. So it used to be on the left. Yeah. Now it's on the bottom. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's fine for someone that is three fingers swiping up because your mouse could totally be there at the bottom, three fingers swipe up, your mouse is ready to go to launch an app or, you know, you can get it ready and it can be a fluid motion. But if you're on a desktop, there are a couple of ways to do it. If you're using a super key, fluid motion again, right? right? You can you can already have your mouse primed to be where it needs to be to do whatever you want to do. But if you use, and I suppose you would because GNOME puts it there as a default. If you use the little hot, uh, area up yeah, the, there, you the just corner. slam your mouse yeah. to the top mm-hmm. left. That feels so, what's the word? Unnatural. Yeah, out of place, it, right? Right, because before you could do the hot corner and slide your mouse down and yeah, you're right you there. you were right where you needed to be. Exactly. But now, it's on the other end of the universe, it feels Ugh. like, because 1440p, that's a lot of mouse movement to go from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that um, well, maybe if you move that hot corner down to one of the bottom sides. Well, see now, now you're you're getting into a can of worms there because yeah. that requires an extension. Oh, well, and you can't have extensions. extensions. No, you can't have extensions. <laughs> Got a new version yeah. of GNOME that you know, extensions are not. No, that's not allowed. Yeah, you can't have extensions. You have to wait exactly. for the extensions to get released for the new version of GNOME. Right, and while they are working. On a rebooted initiative to make extensions, I don't. I feel like maybe it's to to make them longer lived, to be able to go from one version to another without totally just blowing everything up and it's just broken. I know they're working on that. Yeah, it is not implemented yet, so we still have those rough edges yeah. to work out. And yeah, for being such a requirement, it's kind of an afterthought. Uh, right? So if you want extensions, you got to go install extensions. But that's in FlatHub. And FlatHub is not enabled in Fedora by default. Mm. So you have to go enable that first. <laughs> so so you have to enable FlatHub. Then you have to install extensions. And then you can start installing extensions, except for you can't because they're not ready for GNOME 40 yet. And then, so so assuming they are ready. They, they will be probably soon. Yeah. They will be. But. You got to go through all of that pain, yeah, I, know. I feel like, to, to get there. 
the thing about that is, is that that's not the only thing that you should use because I had to bring in the minimize button. I can't stand there not being a minimize button. I don't need mm. the make it big button. That's fine. You can leave it off. I don't care. But the minimize button is important to me. So I had to go put it on, but I couldn't do that through extensions. I had to do that through tweaks. Mm-hmm. But tweaks is not available in Flat No, no. It's in the repos. <laughs> oh, geez. So you get extensions in the repo. I'm sorry. You get uh, tweaks, in, tweaks the repo, in the repo. Yeah. And you get extensions in uh, Flat Hub. And then you can really get to the point where you're tweaking your desktop the way that you like it. So I really like GNOME 40. I enjoy the three finger swiping. But if it's not the way you want it, vanilla, you're, you're going to fight an uphill battle for at least a little while longer to really get it the way that you want. Gotcha. But I will say, GNOME 40 overall, uh, honestly, the minimized thing was probably the only thing that I changed. And if I, if, if I were to go get an extension, it would just be one to put the bottom bar over there to the left, my favorites. That way, my mouse didn't have to move so much to click them. But really, other than that, uh, I enjoyed it. it. It's faster. That's the biggest thing that I like about it. It's faster on my laptop, and my laptop is not the fastest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only kind of stuttering in the animations that I get anymore is doing the activities overview. Okay. It it feels a little chunky, like the animations mm, feel yeah. a little chunky when uh, when I hit that maybe like the third or fourth time. You would think it would be the other way around. Yeah, the first time. Be chunky yeah. the first time. Yeah, then yeah, get better then, after that. No, not. Yeah, huh? no, mm. nev- never, never does. It's mm. just, it's it's chunky. That's just the way that it is. I get it. But yeah, but overall, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I actually, That's cool. I might not leave. We're not putting distros for a while. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not putting them through their paces. So Fedora might just stay on this laptop. Well, there you go. For a while. So we'll see how that goes. Sounds good. All right. Real briefly, I uh, just want to, touch base on a couple of feedback items. One thing we got in the Telegram group was App Image Launcher. And I know Eric Adams has done a video on this, and I'll link that in the show notes. And so what that does for you, that's like we found Bao. I I think that's how you pronounce it. I think we were pronouncing it wrong before. Bao. Bao. I think. think. No, no. Now I'm second guessing myself again, but I'm pretty sure I saw it. Yes. It was Bau. Bau. I, I believe that's how you say it. Yes. Bau. Okay. And and so we, we use that to, to launch app images and all the other snaps and whatever. App image launcher will do that for you. Um but it just does app images. So right. it's a pretty great thing. And like I said, I'll link to the YouTube video that Eric did. Fantastic stuff. Make it easy. Another brief follow-up is from Matrix uh, mentioning the Maui apps in Plasma Mobile. And Dan Johansson from the Manjaro Arm project said that Manjaro Arm has a lot of those Maui apps installed right out of the gate. So Mm. if you want Mm -hmm. Station Mm -hmm. and you want Index and all those other great things, Check out Manjaro Arm. That's that's pretty good stuff. You know, my my favorite thing about that is that's 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 what I was saying. That's the that, place for it. That's that's it. Right. Exactly. So if we could get like a Pinebook Pro mm-hmm. with Manjaro Arm on it, get those apps on it, then we get a um, a Pine Phone and get Man, uh, Manjaro on mm-hmm. it and get all those apps on it. Yeah. Then it's just one cohesive 
experience. Yeah. And I mean, if you don't have the advertising and well, we know these projects don't, you got to lead with the good stuff. And hey, that's sounding like good stuff to me. It is. And uh, I actually just saw an announcement that the uh, Pinebuck Pro, they're, they're doing another release there and they've got a new new pricing. So check it out. Yes. All right. Ah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Time to fluff pillow. Yeah. Got lots of fluffy pillows on this one. Pillow fight. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as we've mentioned, uh, season one is ending with this episode right here that we're recording right now. Dry your tears. Dry your tears. It's, o- we'll it's be okay. Back. It's okay. It's, it's okay. in the plan. We need to take a little break and regroup. And uh, so that we can come back better than ever for season two in the summer. So because we're doing that, we're we're also going to pause our Patreon during that time. So if you're patrons, just hang on. We're we're just going to pause your contribution after this episode releases. And you won't get dinged again until, you know, we turn it back on when we release again this summer. Look, let me let me put it this way. We're paying you. Yeah. To hang out for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> you can have your money back for a little bit. And then, you know, if 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 we're still on your podcast list, if we're still uh somebody you like listening to, then yeah, it'll it'll just kick right back up yep. as soon as we start uh issuing episodes again. We don't want to take your money unless we're giving you something in return. Absolutely. And we do appreciate all of you. So, you know, thank you very much. Yes. The Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. Our showcase this episode has 9 to 5 Linux. Marius Nestor does an amazing job curating the Linux current events. I give it a 10 out of 10 and highly recommend. I don't know how he does it. He's a machine. A machine. Like, go to the website. Go to 9to5linux.com and check it out, and you will see everything. Like, anything that has happened. It's already there. I think I got notifications during the show. Yeah. Yeah. Dude doesn't sleep and just churning and churn All the news. All the news. I've I've stopped worrying too much about where the news comes from because it's really just all there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's my go-to. I, I, I read that on a daily for sure. So feel free to send your emails to contact at linuxuserspace.show. And we can have a discussion about them on the show in, well, a future episode, a little while down the road. Hey, this is the time where we stock up. Yeah, we Where if, if you just want a whole feedback episode, well, you just need to go ahead and send us that email. So it's the time. Let's load up. Please follow us on Twitter at Linux User Space to get all the latest announcements for the show and highlights for things that impact your user space. And hopefully we'll, we'll have a couple of little... I don't know. We're going to try out, throw out a couple little nuggets during our break and just little short ones just to keep you, let you know what's going on. That's something that I plan on. I mean, because for the show, I think there's a lot of time that goes into putting the show together and all that stuff. And you, you get less time to do other stuff. And that other stuff includes the Twitter. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be where the focus is while we're not sitting here talking into a microphone. Um, we can tip tap into an app and send you, yeah, send you little nuggets that way. You can also join our Telegram group 
and uh, join the conversation there. We'll still continue to be there even during our break. Yep. And then you can hop into our Matrix channel and uh, join the chat over there as well. And I will say that the room is growing at a real nice rate. It already stomped all over Discord <laughs> as yeah. far as how many people we have in there. So this is it. This is the counterculture thing. It's how you got to do it. You got to join the Matrix channel and then uh, you can be cool like the cool kids. I mean, you can still join Discord if that's your jam. I mean, I'll put the link down there in the show notes because we still have that. But uh, yeah, Matrix is pretty awesome. Well, one thing that we don't have in Matrix that I think you can do, I'm not positive, is the easy to navigate voice channels. That mm. uh, I mean, if you really don't get enough of us, I mean, you can rope one of us in there. We can just have a chat about whatever in Discord sometime. Absolutely. And lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information on our website, linuxuserspace.show. Focus app. This is Mastodon Focus, where we focus on the Mastodon, because this, most of the show has been about Mastodon. Why don't we just talk about Mastodon some more, app activity pub something or another. Big uh, giant <laughs> animal to focus on, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how do we do it? I think that's the, that's the main question. Uh, I know Dan and I both use the web app a lot. I think- That's my preferred method, honestly. Yeah, I use, for actually for Matrix as well. Oh, I yeah. do use the Element app on my phone when I'm away, but I mean, for Matrix, it's Element on the web, and for um, for Mastodon, yeah, it's, it's on the web as well. So our main app is that, but that's not what you're here for. You're here for an app. We're doing a double app. It's two apps. It's not just yeah. one app. It's two. Two for the price so, of one. Exactly. We're going on break. We couldn't leave you with just one app. We're going to give you two. So- for those of you that are using iOS, ugh, <laughs> yeah, <Toodle>. those guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tootle, T O O T L E. Joe mentioned on the I don't know two episodes ago where you got to be careful. It's the elephant. Yeah, it's an elephant. It's, so it's look up Tootle on the App Store. It's an elephant. It's it's colorful. It's it's like green. Uh, let me see. Yeah. It's like a blue to green to yellow gradient from left to right. Okay. You can't miss it. Um, but that's what it is. It's the Mastodon Twitter app thing for your phone. That's all it is. That's what it is. So when you download it and install it and log into your instance, mm -hmm. you're going to see exactly what you expect to see. Same thing that you see in... Home, local, federated, blah, blah, blah. That stuff, it's there. Now, I will say, and I know, Dan, you ran into this too, where uh, I couldn't figure out. Okay, so here was, here was the deal. I was frustrated, and I was asking Dan, Dan, where do I find, like, the normal feed? Yeah, he's looking for his I, home feed. Yeah. I just wanted, like, I'm following these people. I want to see that stuff. I don't want to see the stuff from local. And That's like, not really that important to me. What are you talking about? It's right there. You just hit the home right. button. <laughs> and it's not federated because that's like, whoa, that's a lot of stuff. And I don't want half that. So I'm, and I'm looking and I'm looking and I can't find it. And then I go to the web app and it says, oh, yeah, what you want is home. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it is what I want. And then I realize that Toodle 
it has all the stuff at the bottom, right? Federated, local, all that stuff. It scrolls horizontally. There's so much stuff down there, you can't fit it. It's like his horizontal so, workspace. You just couldn't figure it out. That's what it was. It's because I'm not used to workspaces. That's why. So I scroll horizontally to the left, and there it is, home. So I click it. It's exactly what I wanted. So I thought it didn't do what I wanted. It totally does what I want. Um, I'm just too blind to see it or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's just too many icons down there. there you there's can a lot of icons. That. It, it, it yeah. is a lot to scroll through. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think what I might do is get rid of the federated one mm-hmm. because that's just like, it's like drinking from a water hose, oh, a fire it's, hose. It's, it's the it's fire way hose. too much. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think I'm going to undo that, and then it'll make room for home so I don't have to scroll anymore. There you go. But that's one of the cool things about the app is that you can customize that bar down there to have only what you care about. If all you want is home and DMs, man, uncheck all the other stuff. You don't need it. Um, so that is something that's really cool about this app. And uh, contrary to a lot of the iOS, Apple ecosystem, everything is like three ninety nine. Everything, mm-hmm. not this one. Nice. This one is free. So if you're just getting started on Mastodon, you don't know what you want, you're on iOS. I think Toodle is a really good starting app. Okay. And then, you know, if you decide you want different features or you know what you want, then you can move on from that after that. But I, I mean, honestly, I haven't moved away. Uh, it, it seems to be right up my alley. I just, I'm simple, simple. I'm going to uncheck all those boxes just so I can simple. That's all I want. Well, I will say, though, I think I almost talked Leo into getting an Android phone just so he could use... Almost. Fedalab, which is, mm. is the is the app I'm using. And here's why. Because, like, when I scroll over on, on... And it's on the top on mine. When I scroll over all the way over to the right, I get the PeerTube stuff, and I've got... Uh, yeah. You know, the, the PixelFed stuff, and and I can, I can wander through those... Uh, Fediverse connected things uh, on on my phone, which is cool. And Leo kind of thought he wanted that, so I, I think he's going to trade his iPhone in. It's so cool. I don't know if I'm quite to the trading in part yet, but if there's an app like Fedalab on iOS, I want that. Yeah, that is what I want because we were talking about making it easy, right? Mm-hmm. And this is something that makes it easy. Yep. I, I just thought, I mean, I, I know that Activity Pub, it's got all these things and hooks and whatever, and you can do stuff. But I didn't know that there was one app to rule them all. Yep. I didn't know that you could do PeerTube and PixelFed and Mastodon and all Plume, all of that in one thing. What? Yeah, that, so that's cool. It, it, it does. It like has, and so PeerTube has a, you know, if you have favorites in, in your PeerTube, you can just search those, and so this this app is is pretty good. It it combines all the things that you could probably possibly ever want into one app, and yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So all the stuff that Toodle does, and way more, because you get all of the Activity Pub stuff. Next time we'll be a little further out than you're used to. So stay tuned on Twitter, Telegram, Matrix, Discord, whatever, however you get your stuff from us, hang out there and we'll be there. We'll continue to talk and banter and what we're really doing is scraping up ideas for season two. 
So throw out any kind of idea you've got and we'll, at the very least, we'll consider it. So join the conversation. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for your support. Dan, where can I find you? You can find me at KC2BZ at Mastodon.technology. Ooh, and you can find me at Leo.C.IM. No, at. No, I messed that up. Uh, you can find me at Leo at C.IM. I'll get there the hang of this Mastodon thing one of these days. The That's shortest it. One day, That's remember. it. You can find me there. <laughs> So join us in the summer when we return to the Linux user space. Where um, is what? 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 Where's OBS? Oh no! I did not close that, but it closed. Worst case, it totally closed. Oh no! <laughs> It really did. Oh, no. So, I wonder... wonder when it did that, because I did not see it. Well, if you didn't change the video format, if it's still an MKV, you have whatever it recorded. Yeah. I just don't okay. know when it ended. So, you know what? Here's what we could do. We could... <laughs> hey, you know that little thing that used to go on air in the way back in the day when, like, the broadcast ended for the day? That little had like the that Native American guy and there's like a cross and circles and like measurements on the screen and stuff. I remember that from old movies that were like back in the day. This is how it happened. So what I'm thinking is if the video exists, even like 10 minutes of it, we can put that out and then just put the image of that and just as the audio continues on. Yeah. Where did it go? Why do I not have it? Oh no, no, we don't have anything. I don't think I have anything. No. <laughs> I think we're going with this. All right. I'm going to figure out the spectralizer thing, and I'm going to run your audio through that. All right. <laughs> cool. So that will that be fun. That stinks because I know I had it going. I did kind of move it to the background, though. I mean, if you hit the record button, it, there's, I don't know. That's funny. It's funny, but it's not. Well. It's funny because you can't do anything about it now, Dan. Nope. We did a whole show. Too late. We did a whole show. <laughs> whole entire thing. Poof. Hey, Should've it wouldn't be went. a season finale without something. Should have went in that folder. Check your regular home folder. Maybe it decided to just dump stuff Maybe. there. Would have filled that sucker up. Oh. No. Way too much free space for that to happen. Oh, wow. Not, not in my home folder well, anyway. Yeah, home folder. How much you got? How much free space you got? Left? Like 35 oh, gig. Yeah. Th- what? 35 gig. That's what I got left oh, on my home gig. folder. Oh, the video would have fit. I don't think it-, it You think it's so? It's like a gig an hour or something like that. Maybe. Okay, maybe like a gig every 30 minutes. But Yeah, but I would have put, I put it on this other drive. It's a spinning drive. It's three terabyte drive. Ah. Uh, I got lots of space over there. It's it. not an NVMe though. The, my, like my main, main disk is an NVMe. So it's only 240 yeah. gig. Right. Eh, I don't know. It should have, uh, it would have been okay. Because uh, like a gig an hour, or two gigs an hour, is, a spinning disc could handle that. Yeah. So I wonder Doing what an happened. audio recording though too. Ah, uh, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's what that... we get for not testing, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I swear it started to record and it went for a while. I know it did, but I let me uh, let me look at that folder again. Should have went into this folder. 
um, right here. And there is some stuff in it. Let me change that to details. Modified. No, none of those are new. Huh. Well, dang. Oh, well. Oh, wait a minute. And what do we got oh, here? Oh, oh geez. I might not have done an MKV. Oh. wonder if it'll play. Looks like an MP4. I don't know. I don't know how that works because uh, I've had it crash on me, but it's always been MKV and it would. I could have swore. Actually, I you know what? I should probably stop playing with stuff. I'm going to break my own audio. Well, it shows a 1.4 gigabyte file. I mean, worst case scenario, chuck that up in Google Drive. Maybe we can figure something out with it. Maybe I can throw it in another tool. Yeah, throw it in Caden or something Kaden like that. Live Just, or something, maybe? What's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to tell you no. It's going to so, say, yeah, that's not really a valid format. Right, and we'll be in the same boat we're already in. So yep. either way, it'll be fine. I'm yeah. not worried about it. So it did record something. I, w I, wasn't, I wasn't dreaming then. It did record. Yeah. I wonder why it died. I have no idea. Because it went for a long time. I mean, for 1.4 gigs, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it, it probably went to the very end. It must have recorded size. the whole darn thing. Less stinks. Yeah. I'll figure. Oh well. It. Anyway, right. well, cool. honestly, I won't probably need to ask Jerk for anything because this is what's going in the front and the back. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. This is it. I <sighs> grabbed it anyway, just in case there were any bits that I forgot about. But yeah, I think uh, our our tribulations will be a good spot. Yeah, I guess so. All right. I think so. Let me. Right. Uh, ready to stop it? Let's stop. <laughs> 